You're listening to Commissioning Conversations, the podcast brought to you by Broadcast Intelligence. Hi, and welcome to Commissioning Conversations. I'm Heather Fallon. And I'm Alice Redman, and we are both reporters and researchers for the Commissioner Index. This week, we'll be discussing all the latest in commissioning news, including the BBC new hires and Channel 4 privatisation. And later, I'll be joined by our subscribers, AnyVision, to talk about how they use CI. Hi, Alice. Hi, Heather. So there is, as usual, a bumper podcast this week. So I think we should start with our green lights of the week because we didn't do that last week, I don't think. Yeah, for sure. And once again, there has been a really great week of green lights and it was another struggle. But I've gone with a new BBC factual commission from Mindhouse, which is currently under the working title, Joe Wicks, Mental Health, My Family and Me. So lots to unpack. The show's talking about not only Joe Wicks's kind of rise to fame and becoming a household name over the last year, but it also takes a look behind the scenes and looks into his own personal struggles with mental health, which is a big topic of discussion at the moment in TV. How he stays positive and he's like the king of positivity. If you've ever watched one of his workout videos, he is almost irritatingly happy all of the time but Mm. I listened to his Desert Island disc um, must have been a couple of months ago now and he talked really movingly about his dad's battle with a heroin addiction his mom also has mental health problems and to then see someone be so positive is just really nice to see and I think it will provide for a really interesting story. Louis Theroux is exec producing it and he loves Joe Wicks so I just think it's really nice to see their relationship blossom yeah it's a great great pair and also I I agree with you I think Joe Wicks is super inspiring and I love Lean in 15 um (laughs) the food more than the workouts um (laughs) he's got some solid recipes yeah I think what's really positive at the moment is just this continued trend of celebrities getting commissioned to make documentaries about their personal struggles um, we're seeing it across loads of channels like I'm just adding a commission to the program index which is about Gemma Collins and self-harm and her struggles with that and I think you know we're in such a positive place where just talking about things celebrities talking about things is opening up just a national conversation and you know hopefully will help help a lot of people which I think is really lovely. Mm. It's great to see TV and PSBs especially kind of being the frontier for that, considering how much of a rough year it has been. And there has been a lot of concern about people's mental health over the last year. It's really good to see that TV is actively trying to tackle that by showing us more of these docs. And yeah, if we could all have a little ounce of Joe Wicks positivity, that would be lovely. <laughs> Yeah, so my green light of the week was a tie and not for any interesting reasons. Firstly, super interested in Channel 4's The Love Trap, which was commissioned as part of its global format fund. It sounds a bit like HBO Max's F-Boy Island, which if you listen to or watch our LinkedIn videos that we do on a Friday, we were obsessed with the idea of this when it came out. I we loved both it. So yeah, this is like a twist on that almost, like it's female 
contestants where half of them are in there to win love and half of them are in there to win the money and I think it's such a great twist on like things like Love Island because I think I do I am getting quite cynical with Love Island when they're being like oh I love you and (laughs) sorry to put on a stereotypical Love Island voice I apologize um but you know they're saying you know they're looking for love but like let's be real um it's less love and it's more actually 20 million Instagram followers that they Mm. are looking for which I don't think is a bad thing by the way I don't I want to stress this I think get in there make that money (laughs) um but yeah let's be real like Love Island isn't there for love anymore it's there for fame um Mm. and I don't think there's any shame in that but I think you know having something that kind of plays on that is really interesting yeah because I always forget when Love Island is on that in the last episode I don't know if they even still have it, but the winners can either take all the cash or they split it with their partner. But you never even think about that now when yeah. when they're play when when they're playing it, when they're on Love Island, because you get so much out of it from Instagram deals and like fashion partnerships that I think you get enough anyway. You don't need yeah, to I worry the about cash, the cash twist. Cash is secondary for sure. Um, yeah and then second I have a second one that I just want to shout out as a Finsbury Park gal um, I am just very excited that Amazon's All or Nothing is coming to Arsenal I'm not necessarily the biggest football fan but you know the events of the past few weeks with the Euros has got me in the football spirit and it's really fun when people get when things get filmed like five minutes down the road from you so I'm kind of just gassed about that really yeah, well, I watched the um, the Tottenham series and I was really surprised at how much I enjoyed it. I just like being a fly on the wall. Yeah, I love a good doc and I'm hoping that um, Gunnosaurus gets his <laughs> own storyline. He deserves I, it. I run around the stadium quite a lot and um, it's quite fun when you can see him. The mascot. <laughs> good for you, Gunnosaurus. I think he was out encouraging people to get their COVID jabs as well. So, you know, all around icon. What a guy. (laughs) So in commissioning news in the past week, the BBC has announced Shane Allen's replacement, which is former Channel 4 Comedy Commission John Petrie. And he kind of snuck up on us. The pool of potential replacements for Shane Allen was really small. And a couple of the names that were flying around were like Fiona McDermott from Channel 4 and Chris Sussman from Netflix. And then John Petrie appeared and he's a really interesting guy. He was the comedy chief at Broken Bones most recently and he'll take up the new post at the end of August, start of September. And he was part of People Just Do Nothing. He was the exec producer, I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm doing this from memory, not from notes, but yes. And, you know, that series is just amazingly funny. Yeah, I have a good feeling about John. Seems like... Uh, he's been behind a lot of really interesting shows at Channel 4. He was around with Friday Night Dinner. So, yeah, it's a really exciting replacement. And until then, Tanya Qureshi is still interim head and is supporting Kate Phillips on editorial decisions until he takes up his post. But we'll be around, as always, with profile updates and any green lights that he eventually commissions. So we'll have to stay tuned. Yeah, for sure. And didn't BBC Drama also announce a new commissioner? They did. So there's an assistant commissioning position, uh, which is being held by Alice Ramsey. So she's going to be she's got quite an interesting role because she's going to work across 
the BBC Writers Room and the drama commissioning side of things. So there's a big focus on kind of bringing up new talent and working in the writers room and then potentially pairing new writing talent with indie. So I think that's a really exciting thing to look at. And I was listening to a talk that Tanya Qureshi did the other day and both across drama and comedy there's such a focus on new British talent and harnessing local talent and making them then rise and they can then potentially move over onto Netflix or bigger ponds (laughs) yeah that's so promising and like such a good initiative to have in place and such good roles and people to have in place and also kind of you know speaking on that developing new talent for them to be able to go to Netflix and you know the PSB remit I think we would be wasting an opportunity not to shout out something that is you know obviously going to affect commissioning it's going to affect broadcasting it's going to affect the PSB landscape and that is the privatization of channel four and the kind of DCMS hearing about that yeah so broadcasters obviously unveiled this not for sale campaign and we won't go on about it too much on the podcast but on broadcast website uh, we've outlined why broadcast is taking that position and if you want to add your back into the campaign you can read all about that on broadcastnow.co.uk yeah and let's hope that you know the government sees sense and realizes that you know channel four needs to stay a psb because i think it is a valuable asset absolutely um, But now on to cheerier things in the government sale of a PSB. Last week, I spoke with Neil Zyger at AnyVision about CI. When we started the company, which is about um, eight years ago now, I think, uh, 2013-14, we began life as a kind of um, a gap funding, deficit funding business. That very rapidly changed into um, a production business we all the two of my my other partner tim buxton was in development all his career uh, development and producing i've been a producer all my career so we uh, it was natural that we kind of evolved into a, a, a production company as well uh, that was not the intention from the beginning but it's the way that it went um so we've now what we've done over the last few years is through projects that we initially got involved in. We broadened our board. Nigel Pickard came on as creative director of a family and kids Mm. because Nigel at the time when we first met him, I mean, we'd known him for years, but as as Novision when we first met him, he was at Zodiac. So we became involved in a series that he created called Flugels. Uh, and that subsequently became a Navision production, and Nigel now has a few very active family shows in development. Then subsequently again through, we became involved in a documentary film on Manolo Blahnik, and Anne Morrison was, at the time, she was an executive producer on that show. So through that, we got to know Anne really well, and Anne then came on as creative director of Factual and Factual Entertainment. And so Anne now sits on our board and she kind of has a number of uh, entertainment shows uh, already commissioned with, she's got two shows commissioned with ITV. So she looks after that side of the business. I uh, kind of call myself creative director. I never use that title. I'm just producer looking at scripted. And then two years ago, 2019, 
it's really difficult because 2020 just kind of disappeared. <laughs> but so when I think when things happened, I lose that year, which is nuts. Mm. Um, we invested in three amazing producers in Scandinavia who began uh, a production company called Nevis Productions, which is in effect, it's our sister company in Scandinavia. And they've been between them. They've been responsible for shows like Girl with a Dragon Tattoo, Wallander in Sweden, Wallander in the UK. So they have tremendous track record in Scandinavia. So we work very closely with them now as well. And we're, we're co-producing a couple of projects with them from our side and co-producing one with them from their side. So we've kind of expanded and broadened out. And it's, it's really interesting. It's an exciting time at the moment, I think. Yeah, it sounds like there's just so much going on. So how does Commissioner Index like help you and your team? It was one of those things when I first came across it or it was first sent to me as it was the ability to know who's in what seat in which company. I mean, it's, you know, all the, well, not all, but some of the channels and some of the networks do their kind of uh, what they used to do was road trips and now they do kind of zoom mm. kind of sessions where they can tell you what they're looking for but because there's so many networks now there's so many platforms without that I think it would be very difficult without employing somebody to just dig around and find out who's at what company because everybody moves around at such speed the latest news the reports on how best to work with individual companies. I just think it's been phenomenally useful. It's a, it's a, it's a really vital research tool. And we all use it at, at the vision and at Nevis as well, because they find it really useful as well, just because otherwise it's only through you work with somebody or you know somebody who's the company, and then you hear word of mouth that somebody's moved somewhere else, or you read an article in C21. But that's very useful but also the reports are really useful that you push out um, oh. they make it um we've got information at our fingertips that we have to really dig around for otherwise yeah i saw that you downloaded our latest report and i wanted to ask kind of what your thoughts were on that did you enjoy it did you find it useful <laughs> we could talk about the one before if you've read that or any of the ones <laughs> i've caught you out <laughs> No, no, you haven't called me out, but I've, it's just there's so much going on right now. Yeah. No, no, I mean, it's like the ones of dealing with streamers and dealing with, like, how you deal with Amazon, how you deal with HBO. It's it's just very useful because all these networks are so different and they all operate differently. And it's what you give us through your reports is an insight into the way the companies work uh, mm. and the best way to approach them. And particularly, I found it particularly useful with North America, for example, because yeah. what we're quite, uh, you know, we're quite busy, but we're a small company. We're not a big independent company. You know, there's three of us sitting in an office when we used to sit in an office. There were three of us sitting in an office all the time. Everybody else was tending to work from home and occasionally coming to the office. So we're quite a small company. Hmm. So to reach out to the US and to get projects into the right people at the networks in the United States is difficult. 
Americans like to talk to Americans. They like to be introduced to people. So just getting an email or a telephone call from a random producer in the UK isn't going to cut it. Um, so it's helped me gain intelligence in the way that America works. Um, and that's been quite vital for me, I think. Nice. And you also attended our true crime event. So I wanted to also pick your brain on how you found that. And I think you had a one-to-one as well. Was I that did. useful? I did. That yeah. was really useful because uh, it, what was interesting for me with that was that true crime was, there's different ways of approaching true crime um, mm. from a drama point of view and a, a drama producer's point of view. It's telling stories which are real. Uh, the the other perspective that was talked about a lot on that show is taking real people in real situations and having a perspective on something that you haven't had before. Maybe uh, a crime that you you knew had happened, you knew it had occurred, it was maybe a few years old, but a show that brings you a fresh perspective onto it. That I thought that was really useful. And I loved talking to Dan. That was just brilliant. That was just brilliant because that was... What was easy about that was it was as if, well, it was. Everybody else had gone. Mm. And it was much more relaxed. It was a cup of coffee. And it was the only thing I found with it was the 10 minutes went like that. Yes. You know, suddenly you're just getting into your stride and we're just having a really good chat. And then somebody else appears on the screen. You think, oh, hello. All right. I've got to go now. (laughs) (laughs) I suppose from her perspective, that's important. Because otherwise, it would just you just kind of rattle on about all kinds of stuff. But I found that the ability to have that one to one was good because it means I can now go back to her and make a you know, I can email her, I can make a direct approach, and at least we've had a face to face meeting. So the one to ones, I think, are are really useful. That's really good to hear. And obviously, you work a lot internationally, and we've started to expand internationally and I wondered if that would that's you see that helping your business in any way in the future I do see that very much I think a lot of our business is international I suppose it's it's the nature of the way the business is developing than so many platforms where you're still looking for a British perspective on a story but nevertheless one that will appeal internationally Mm. I think it means I think it means, I'm not, you know, I'm not certain it means, but I think it means that when we're looking for things that we will take to the BBC, to ITV, to Channel 4, there are shows that are completely targeted at at a kind of UK audience. Because I think, to a certain extent, that's the way that our terrestrial broadcasters are going to deal with the the market as, as, as it is now. And other shows we know are very international in nature, they're very high budget, so we have to look for partners elsewhere. So it's great for us to have a sister company that's based in Scandinavia because we get a European perspective on that because they're connected not just to their own Scandinavian company, but into France, into Germany. That's very useful for us. Mm. Uh, But anything that helps access into the world outside the UK is helpful so yeah I think it would be very helpful nice and I wondered if you had made any new relationships with commissioners or got any green lights even um from using the commissioner index at all no no I've got to be honest and say <laughs> no. if I had I would 
genuinely, I would say. Yeah. But, uh, no, I mean, relationships with new commissioners is, it's difficult. That's mm. come, any new relationships we have have invariably come through people in our organisation that have connected with somebody else, that know somebody else and it's connected that way. Uh, and I think to a certain extent that is, well, having said that, Diana, who I had a one-to-one with, that's a new relationship for me that I wouldn't have made any other way. So one-to-ones, I think, are really useful in these conferences that you do and that you set up. Good, Uh, glad to hear it. Yeah. And kind of if you were to recommend us to someone in the industry, kind of what would you say about it and and kind of why would you say that if you were giving us a glowing recommendation? (laughs) Because one of the the biggest, I mean, the the core, if if I'm talking from a drama perspective, the core issue is getting a commission. Mm. Uh, It isn't finding the ideas. There's lots of ideas we've got. Writer relationships, we've got really good relationships with writers, we've got really good relationships with directors. That's the kind of partly the bread and butter of, of, of what you do as a producer. The core issue is always a commission because whatever, however great our idea is, if we can't get a commission, it's worth zero. So it's getting that is the key. And that's the thing that you help with. Anything that helps us access commissioners and helps us know how to approach a specific commissioner and know that somebody's moved from one place to another because they do move remarkably quickly um, is really useful so for me the main benefit of of, um, the broadcast intelligence tool is exactly that it helps access and it helps us know what's going on in the rest of the world it's really easy easy to be isolated particularly i don't know I've been around in this business for a while, but I always felt we're very isolated in the UK Mm. because we're an island and we're a self-contained kind of market. Vital that we know what's going on in the rest of the world. Absolutely vital, particularly these days. So I think that's why I have no hesitation in recommending you to anybody. Thanks. And are there any, on the the flip side, any frustrations that you have with the product anything that you think we could do better or any features that you would like to see implemented at all uh, i have to be honest and say no um, i find the site is really easy to navigate it's really useful your you contact i mean there's at least once a week i think i must get something from broadcast intelligence which is useful your reports are regular it's I think you're doing a really good job. That's very what lovely to hear. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> well, that's probably like a perfect way to uh, wrap, <laughs> wrap us up. Wow, we love hearing that we are worth it. Yeah, we are television's L'Oreal because you're worth it. Um, <laughs> we won't give you shiny hair, but we might help you get a commission. Yeah. So big thanks to Neil for coming on to chat with us. Yep. And if you are interested in coming on the podcast to chat with us, we love speaking with people. Um, so if you want any more, you want to speak to us, any more information about the Commissioner Index or becoming a member, anything, we're an open inbox, as we say, nearly every week. It just sounds like we're really begging for people to talk to us. But <laughs> drop us a line anytime. We've got info at broadcastintel.com. 
or you can email me or Heather directly because we're firstname.lastname at broadcastnow.co.uk. And we'll be back soon with a lot more. But until then, goodbye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Commissioning Conversations. We'll be releasing new episodes every other week and you can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, YouTube and at broadcastintel.com.